0: In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Boricua, but Boricua is more than a name for a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure no matter where it may lead, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. And you can experience all that warm, welcoming, passionate culture set in a tropical island paradise without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens or permanent residents. Learn more about how you can live Barigua at DiscoverPuertoRico.com. In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Barigua. But Barigua is more than just a word to identify a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. In Puerto Rico, you can experience a tropical paradise with world-class beaches. You can immerse yourself in the rich 500-year history of Old San Juan, where there are stunning forts, classic town plazas, and iconic monuments. You can indulge in a foodie paradise with renowned restaurants, seaside kiosks, and an innovative cocktail scene. And you can take in an abundance of natural wonders like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. national forest system. All without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more about the warm culture of Puerto Rico and how you can live Uruguay at DiscoverPuertoRico.com. Hi, and welcome to Travel Tales, a podcast from Afar Media. I'm your host, Deputy Editor Aislinn Green. I don't know about you, but I am finally beginning to dip my toes back into the travel waters. For example, I recently took my first flight in nearly two years, which took me to Alaska. Getting back out in the world, it really just makes me want to travel more. So lucky for us, the creative folks I've worked with over the past seven years, comedians, philosophers, novelists, they feel the same way. So each week on Travel Tales, we'll hear from one of our favorite contributors about a trip that changed their life. Ready? Let's go. In this episode, we meet Sheldon Simeon. Sheldon is a Maui-based chef and a two-time top chef finalist who specializes in the food of his Filipino roots. The next time you're in Maui, definitely check out his restaurant Tin Roof. His grandparents immigrated to Hawaii from the Philippines, and Sheldon grew up eating the dishes they brought with them, like gingery shrimp kini lao and sour sinigong soup. In fact, his family's love of food is part of the reason he became a chef. Sadly, some of the family's recipes got lost over time. But one day, Sheldon got a phone call from Ed Kenny, a chef in Honolulu. Kenny had started a food and travel show on PBS called Family Ingredients. In each episode, Kenny travels with a guest to trace the roots of a family dish, and he wanted to feature Sheldon. What did Sheldon choose? Pork adobo, the national dish of the Philippines. Here's what happened next.
1: There's nothing like pork adobo in a big silyasi, the Filipino wok. It's the national dish of the Philippines, and it's a dish you'll see from the very north all the way to the south, and it changes a little bit depending on where it comes from. My adobo comes from the north. Before my grandparents moved to Hawaii in the 1930s, they grew up in the northern part of the Philippines, in Ilocos Norte. They fished in nearby rivers, they were surrounded by farms and lots of rice paddies. And when they moved to the Big Island, they planted vegetables from their childhoods in the new gardens with seeds that they hid in their voyage over. And they still cooked Filipino food. So in my family, we've cooked adobo for years. We're still the family that whenever there are large gatherings in the community, we cook adobo. I grew up on the Big Island on the Hamakua Coast, my fondest memories are helping my dad cook pork adobo for someone's high school graduation party, someone's wedding, a first birthday celebration. It was normal for our family to cook for upwards of three, 400 people. Even just the smell takes me back to that time. Filipino food is always like that. It takes me back home. And that one distinctive smell is adobo simmering in the big silase. I love it. Our favorite way to make it is with pork belly. It's always so rich and so meaty and beautiful when it's braised down slowly. I remember as a kid, we'd marinate our pork overnight. We'd add garlic and bay leaf and peppercorns, and simmer it in soy sauce. When you pour in the vinegar, it'll perfume the air as it's cooking. My dad was usually in charge and was something that he took pride in, teaching me and my brother. We learned to understand the smell of the marinade. At a certain point, just by smelling it, you know how it's going to taste. That it's going to be delicious. You can calculate in your mind what it needs for flavor, just based on the smell of it. A lot of times, my grandparents would be sitting on the side, watching my dad and my uncles cook these big batches. By the time I was born, my grandparents started to pass the torch and hand over the cooking. My brother and I were in the thick of it all. We were the little sous chefs. Well, more like prep boys and gophers because we would go for this and go for that. But we were totally in the mix. That's why I think eventually, inevitably, me and my brother became chefs. Later on in my professional career, I pulled from these memories growing up. I wanted to express Filipino heritage in my food and I started to make my own adobo. That's when I began talking to my dad about our recipe. It came from my grandma, his mom, cooking the dish in small portions. And when my dad began cooking it, he was influenced by his brothers and uncles. I love that his recipe evolved and changed, but he'd always talk about how my grandma used to make this style of adobo he could never replicate. He would explain it like, the soy sauce is a lot more forward. There's a lot more peppercorn. He told me the way that she would boil down everything producing this beautiful glossy sheen and i would romanticize about it and i thought okay that's the adobo i want to have that's the adobo i want to learn i wish we could have pulled it out of my grandma but that didn't happen around this time she was diagnosed with alzheimer's and she couldn't remember too much so we thought the original recipe was lost But then I got to go to the Philippines to search for it. I had never been there, nor had my dad. So when I picked adobo as my dish for the show, I wanted to see where my family comes from and learn the adobo style of their home. I wanted to see and taste how it's done. So we fly into Manila, it's a hustling and bustling city. A city of millions of people with mopeds everywhere, motorcycles, trucks, and vans. There are street signs, but they're merely suggestions of where to go. Everyone makes their own chaotic way throughout the city. We made our way up to Baguio city in the north of the country, just two, three hours away from where my grandparents are from. As you drive north from Manila, the crazy honking sounds of motorcycles and the people on the streets start to quiet down the further you get away. City streets turn into mountain roads and they remind me of the valleys of the big island. We drove by rice fields on the side of the road and people drying rice right on top of the roadway. This is the Philippines that I wanted to see. I couldn't take my eyes away from the van window. We passed marshes with farmers guiding their water buffalo back and forth. Kids running and playing on the side of the road and I pictured my grandparents growing up here. One of the first things we do when we get to Baguio City is go to the market. Thousands of people were milling around the stalls filled with vegetables from ground to the ceiling. It was strawberry season so there were rows and rows of strawberries in all these different booths. I saw all the things that were growing in my grandparents' backyard back in Hawaii. Tarong, a type of eggplant, bitter melon, bitter gourds, squashes, and pumpkins, all the different types of long beans, cabbages, and marungay, and all these different things that grew in their garden. And in another section, there are butchers with longanisa, the Filipino sausage. One booth had sausage hanging down like eight feet in the air. Strands of these sausages went down for at least 50 yards. Curtains of longanisa just hanging down. The next day we went to a restaurant where we met Chef Nick. He's a legendary local chef from the same region as my grandparents in Locos Norte. He drove all the way to Baguio City to cook alongside us. He showed us how to make bagnet this deep fried pork belly that is very special to the region. He also cooked for us pinapayetan, which is a bitter stew made from offal, from the cow. So there's stripe and liver and all of that good stuff. It's one of the most intense soups that you'll ever taste. And then the crowning jewel to finish it all up was the pork adobo. He had all the ingredients laid out, Pork belly, garlic, bay leaf, some peppercorn, soy sauce, and vinegars. Exactly what we would use back home. But then he started to cook. And that's when it forever changed the way I looked at the adobo. Instead of marinating it like we did, he began to slowly cook the pork belly in its own fat, rendering it down in the big celiaci. Then he added the sauce while he was frying and it became this dark, crazy color that I've never seen before. Instantly, something clicked in my mind. I thought, is this really happening? Is this the recipe that I've been searching for? The one that my dad always talked about? When my dad reminisced about this lost recipe, he talked about the soy sauce and the sheen of it. As Chef Nick cooked it down and I tasted it. The flavors were different from what I was accustomed to, but they mimicked the story that my dad talks about. My grandmother's adobo. Soy sauce forward, and the beautiful sheen. It was the best adobo I've ever tasted. I felt as if I was my dad as a kid, eating my grandmother's adobo, discovering this food for the first time again. And all I could think about was, I can't wait to go back home and cook this for my father. I needed to know if it was truly it. But somewhere in my heart, I knew it had to be it. This was the recipe that we were searching for. When I visit my dad on the big island, the recipe unveiling takes place in a garage. That's where we normally would cook adobo growing up. And I get to use something special. The silasi the walk my grandparents gave to my father. It's nearly 80 years old, and it must have cooked thousands of pounds of adobo. My dad watches carefully, looking over my shoulder and nodding. He's quiet at first, but after that first bite, I see his eyes light up. I remember my hair standing up, just watching his reaction. He said, this is the style that grandma used to make. The recipe was back in our family. Now, when I cook for friends and families, I use this recipe. And it's not on the menu at my restaurant regularly, but when it is, I have to make huge batches of it because it's become very, very popular. And I love that I always get to tell this story of how it evolved. It's so crazy to think that one recipe changed and evolved over 30 years but now it's come full circle. That's how I think about food and recipes. Food is meant to evolve and it does. A lot of times for the better. A lot of times it's just by necessity and that's just what it is. Some recipes get lost because of evolution. I was just super fortunate to be able to retrieve mine. It capture the memory in full color and vibrance.
0: That was Sheldon Simeon. Sheldon is still living happily on Maui, where he oversees Tin Roof. Most recently, he wrote a cookbook called Cook Real Hawaii which came out in March 2021. And yes, it includes his grandmother's pork adobo recipe. Up next, Sheldon says he wants to return to the Philippines. Only this time, he's going to bring his 70-year-old dad. Ready for more travel stories? Visit us online at afar.com traveltales. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Afar Media. If you enjoyed today's adventure, we hope you'll come back next week for more great stories. Subscribing makes this easy. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And please be sure to rate and review us. It helps other travelers find the show. This has been Travel Tales, a production of Afar Media and Boom Integrated. Our podcast is produced by Aislinn Green, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. Post-production was by John Marshall Media staff Jen Grossman and Clint Rhodes. Music composition by Alan Koreshia. And a special thanks to Laura Redman, Irene Wang, Angela Johnston, and Nina Gainsler-Debs. I'm Aislinn Green, your semi-impatient, travel-ready host. I can't wait to hit the road again, and again. As we begin to explore the world once more, remember that travel begins the moment we walk out our front door. Everyone has a travel tale. What's yours?